Hi everyone and welcome to episode 3 of the Roleplay Podcast. We're back. Um, Once again with the Rare Game Masterclass. Power to power to the people because I won't read that. You're such a great singer. I am. <laughs> My mum tells me every day. should go on the X Factor. You should. You should. Next Charlotte Church. You should also come closer to the mic. Why am I really quiet? I'm I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to get too close because you know when you hear people's like saliva in their mouth and it's like that is disgusting. <laughs> it makes every part of my body just cringe. Yeah. Love it. Right, so the first thing I wanted to talk to you about today. Um on Friday I took our uh, women's class for beginners and uh like at the end I was asking them like if there was any stuff that they wanted to know, anything that they wanted to ask and stuff, just like techniques and stuff to go over. And they brought up something that I think a lot of women experience. Like, I know I experience it professionally. And, like, it's it's kind of like imposter syndrome. But for them, they're saying that when they're rolling at the end of the session... Uh, rolling at the end of the sessions or when we're doing King of the Hill, they feel bad because they feel like they're not good enough to roll with the, the people that they're rolling with. They feel like they're letting them down or they feel like um, they're just not really a challenge to them. Mm. And I was like, that's, it's not true. And it's just, it's a really, like, I didn't think that it was like such a big thing, but both of the, both the people that turned up to the, the class were talking, of, like, they both agreed that it was happening to them. And I was like, I felt quite bad. Because, like, jiu-jitsu should have, like, this... Uh, it's, like, it should be a welcoming environment and everything. But, like, I, I suppose unless you're actually vocalising, like, what you're experiencing, you're just going to experience it. So, like... I was saying to them, like, there's no such thing as a, a wasted role, essentially. And, like, like they're not letting anyone down by rolling with them. No, I totally agree. Um, I think it's something you've got to get your head around that you can learn from everyone. And I think until you actually improve and then end up rolling with a low about yourself mm. or someone as less experienced, you don't then... It's not until that moment you realise how how much you can learn from inexperience. Because yeah. sometimes I see a, like a role with white belts or I see them and I learn a lot of them because they're just doing stuff that you wouldn't expect. And you're like, oh, I should have done this or I could have been better here. Mm. Or that white belt shouldn't have been able to have sweeped me and... Why was that? What was the flaw within my game where I allowed that white belt to do this? Yeah. Um, but I also understand because I've went to sessions before with um, Laura Barker, Sam Cook, Vanessa English, and like in, in, highlight real people. Yeah, nice. like <laughs> these 
these amazing black belts and the last thing I want to do, you know, I turn up to the train and I do feel that pressure where it's like, oh, am I going to actually, am I wasting their time by being here? Are they actually going to mm. be able to improve by rolling with me? Um, so I understand that train of thought, but straight away I go, well, actually, there are going to be people that they may roll within the absolutes who fight oh, yeah. like me or are my size or are a bit have a certain game like yeah. mine so um although i'm not at the same level i think it still gives them an idea of their own game and how to capitalize on that so mm. like where jiu-jitsu is so vast like all experience is beneficial that's how i see it so like um as you progress through the levels of belts and stuff, you'll be refining your personal game, you'll be refining techniques, you'll be refining like uh, your overall knowledge of the sport, how your body moves, how other people's bodies move, and things like that. And like the only way that you can actually expand further is by introducing other people to your experience, essentially. So like I was saying to them that like when I roll with them, I'm not going there to submit them every five seconds. I'm going there to make them work and work from positions where I suck, essentially. It's like, it, there's no benefit to me going into a roll with a, a white belt and just smashing mm. forward. Like there's no, I'll get nothing out of it. They'll get nothing out of it. Like I know what my A game is they're still trying to figure out jiu-jitsu so like the the good people will go in and they'll have like a game plan that they're trying to do for that class mm -hmm. and they'll just work to that and like for them that another thing that they were saying is like when they like they they feel bad for wasting Haley's time because she's a purple belt and she's rolling with them and all of this and it's like you're not wasting her time she wants to roll with you and like they were talking about like a, there's a little bit of intimidation as well in going with a, a higher belt like it's still something that I experienced like we've got a guy in the gym called Ian who's um, he's essentially a silverback gorilla and uh, in a human form and he just sits down like a monkey and every time he does that like just opens his palms against his feet like i get super intimidated and i forget all jujitsu <laughs> it's like i i can't get past his guard i open my neck up and he would like loop choke me or it would just throw me to the ground and stuff see i find like... this so weird because i am never intimidated by the higher belts i'm actually intimidated by lower belts mm. because for me, when I roll with higher belts, I know I'm safe mm. because they're not going to injure me. They're not going to, like, they're, they're tactical. They're yeah. going to do what I expect to happen to me. If I'm going to get tapped, I know it's <laughs> going to happen. Um, but they're not going to, like, slam things on to try and make a point. It's more yeah. um, sophisticated rolling. Whereas I get intimidated when I'm getting white belts and blue belts call me out. Because I know that there's no, but I know that there's yeah. that certain thing where some people have an ego and want to want, want to, to savage a purple, a purple belt up to be able to go, 
I beat a purple belt today. Mm. And, you know, it happens everywhere, especially if you're a female and you're a purple belt female. Some blokes of a lower belt don't like that, so they'll go out of their way to go in. So I find that way more intimidating. Um, I never see anything as wasted. And I know... And I think it's quite common because Katrina, like my housemate, when she started training, I'd be like, yeah, I'll partner up with you. Like, we'll partner up, we'll do this. Mm. And, um, yeah, she turned around and was like going, oh, no, because it's a wasted session for you. I'll, like, go with a white bat and you can go... With you know, like someone like You know, it's one of the higher belts and someone where you can, like, learn from and be challenged. And I'm like... It's not like that. I understand it. I do yeah. need to. Yeah. Like, course. but when I'm drilling stuff or we're learning a move, it doesn't matter what belt. No. At at all, and there's no wasted role because at the end of the day, I've got to still use my head throughout. I've still got to train. I've still got to still think got to things move. through. Yeah. It's just probably gonna be slower. Slower. Yeah. Like less less challenging on the mind and reactions. But even still, is I think slower rolls are somewhat better because you have to get things right. Like, you shouldn't mm. be messing up on the basics. Yeah. Whereas um, when you're doing fast rolls, you're going to screw up and it, that's yeah. inevitable. It's going to happen. It's going to be a bit more frantic. Like, obviously there's a big difference in speed between like the gi and the no gi stuff it's one of the reasons i enjoy the gi so much because i enjoy the slower pace mm. i like being able to um take my time get my grips um as much as it has messed up my fingers <laughs> it's like um i like having that confidence in a position whereas like with the no gi it's like unless you're putting all of your weight on top of them and you have like a real secure control like people are just going to weasel out of every single thing you do and I can't I can't take that <laughs> see whereas I prefer nogi because I like a bit of slip and slide <laughs> yeah but you're like a jelly deal that's yeah. your <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'd say about my belly <laughs> um, so yeah I like... did go to London in East London I did go to uni in East London, so... Well, look at... Jelly you. deal. Look at you. Like, yeah. just all I always of it wonder, all. like... You're so hard. <laughs> you're so you're so cool and so strong and so powerful as a woman. It's because I spent a couple of years in East London. Now I know. Just hard enough. Fuck. I'm going to have to move. <laughs> get some cockney slang. Oh, are they got now? <laughs> that was great. You know what? That's funny. Those um, you said, but when I was um down there, I used to do quite a bit of training over at um Fight for Peace. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's um Steve O'Keefe was coach in there at the time. He was a black belt and uh, fight zone and mm. um that and he was like really good. He's got his own gym now. Um and. Yeah, like, Fight for Peace is a place um, which rehabilitates gang members. Oh, so cool. they take them off the street, bring them in, teach them how to fight, and in a way, show it shows... Which, whereas everyone's first response is like, why would you want to teach gang members how to fight? 
But we all know is when you actually yeah. get into the gym, you realise how lame it is to fight on the streets. Yeah. Um, so it's a really good cause and you mm. teach them against knife crime and everything else and gun crime. But um, that was... I remember um, Steve was awesome with them, like really good with the lads there. But when I was training, when we got a new lad in and he'd come in with a bit of swag and his ego, like, you know, coming off the streets, he'd, um, Steve would just be like, yeah, so you're going to partner up with Sophie? And their face would just be like, no. What are you even oh, talking about, nah, bro? Nah, blood man. Nah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, Steve would just be like, yeah, savage him up. And then it, it was a wake-up call to them to be like, oh, yeah, maybe I should commit to this and train. And some of the lads who have developed through Fight for Peace... Uh, absolute savages on the martial arts scene now. Mm. Um, like there's Jawani and Kingsley, Kingsley Crawford, um, Jonathan. There's a couple of lads and they're doing well for themselves. Nice. So yeah, sort of diverted away from everything, but um, that's all right. But no, so there's um sounds like a good organisation. No, it's amazing. They do some loads of stuff in Rio. Um, that's where it all sort of started in the just uh, like rehabilitation in itself is a good good cause always yeah. but like I'm always fascinated by the psychology behind like martial arts and stuff where it's like the more you know the less you actually want to get into an actual fight mm. like you think walking in like your first day is like oh, I'm going to learn this this and this I'm going to be able to handle myself on the streets. And then the more you do, the more you realise it's never actually going to happen. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, you would rather uh, diffuse the situation mm, than absolutely. actually... Hurt someone. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, <laughs> that's just... That's like, like, you know, I think every every time a bloke started on me on the streets, I've literally just been like, for your own sake, <laughs> really fucking wouldn't. Like, just saying it. Just putting it out there, you... You just should walk away now. Either go and have fun with your friends or have them make fun of you. Or, it wasn't too long ago, I was at Bristol Pride and um, some bloke, and I could see him going up and just starting on girls in the street, just being irritating. And anyway, like, he ended up coming up to us lot. And um, I was just like, mate, just, I've, I've seen you, I know what you're about. I've seen you all up the street, like, just walk on. And um, he was just going up half and half. And he's like, do you know who I am? I was like, no, I don't have a clue. Oh, and he, this is, he didn't have a clue about me and martial arts. <laughs> and he just went, well, you clear, you clearly know, um, you clearly know nothing about boxing then. And I was just laughing, like going, <laughs> really? Okay, cool. I don't know nothing about boxing. And then he was um, going, look, you don't even know who's fighting at the weekend. And I was like, he was like, look, I bet you can't even tell me who's fighting at the weekend. And I was like, oh, what, Lawrence Coley, who I've coached and worked with and went to uni with. And he was just like, as if shocked, and looked like as if I was bullshit. And then he was getting in my face. When then one of his mates, like, that was it. Then he slapped my ass and I was literally like, I swear to God, you lay a finger on me again, I'll put you out. I will put you <laughs> on the floor. And, um, like, my mates are just like, Nah, seriously, I'd, I'd, I'd walk away, like, and like looking at me going, don't, because I'm, my head was starting to boil <laughs> then. But um, <laughs> the intensity in your yeah. eyes just eating through, like, did you seriously? 
Did you just do that? I remember when I was walking down Broad Street and some bloke was talking to me and I wasn't listening to him because Why we were walking you? in different directions. He was walking <laughs> towards me I was, and I was talking to my girlfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. And he walked past me, smacked me in the back and, was like, and I turned around and I was like, what the fuck? And he went, listen to me when I'm talking to you. And I just went, how are you? Fuck off. And I pushed him. And I have this, um, it's kind of like a cannonball that just erupts from my hands when I push men when in self-defense situations. And they just go flying. Love I did it. it in London once and I pushed some bloke and he ended up going over a table, doing a backflip and then smashing his head off the floor. Love it. And then I was like, Oh shit, what, how have I just done that? Did you just scream her deacon while you were doing it? <laughs> <laughs> and this, um, and this other, this bloke that I pushed and he went flying, hit the walkabout window. And then I was going, what the, f- are you doing man? Why the hell did you hit me? Like, what the, I haven't done, what? Like, I was, it was, I was just like, I don't have a clue what's yeah. happened. And then I pulled, like, my girlfriend at the time, like, behind me to just be like, just stay close to me. And then he started taking his belt off to whip me. <laughs> so tapped in the head, I was like, what the... And I, I literally went, I f-, and I went, I f-ing dare you. I dare you to try and whip me with that because I'll have that wrapped around your neck and you'll be out on the floor before, like, before you know it. And he's going... And then I remembered I'd just walked past a load of coppers outside the front of Walkabout. So what I did to him, I was like, come on then, come get me, come get me. And while I was walking backwards, and he was coming towards me to like throttle me with this belt. And I just grabbed the police officer and just went, he's trying to whip me with the belt. And the police grabbed him straight away, put him <laughs> up the wall by his neck and was like, are you trying to whip a woman? You're going in the van. And they nicked him. Love it. And I was like able to, con- like, oh, I was to the point where I was like, I could kill you if I wanted to. But I used my head and was like, it's not worth it. Be peaceful, <clears throat> be zen. And just went. <laughs> went around. But yeah, I actually thought I killed someone last year. Because um, one one bloke, I was walking with another girlfriend. <laughs> Fucking hell, I sound like another lady girlfriend. It, <laughs> I, was walking, I was walking up the street holding a hand. And we'd just come out of Gay Town um, in Birmingham. Walking up and some bloke literally just walked up to her. Like, as if walking past us, and then he just put his head in a tit. Like, literally just put his face in a tit. <laughs> and what? I just went, like, I pulled her to the side, and I just went, what the f*** are you playing at? Like, pushed him. And he went flying, and just hit his head off a windowsill as he fell. Good. And then was going, and then I was like, come here. And I grabbed my girlfriend, we went into the chippy. I was like, just leave it now. I was like, because I'm, like, let's just get away mm. and um, I was like you're right and that and then he was coming up coming trying to get into the chip and go you're a fucking psycho you are this this and I went oh I don't, don't and I walked out to go have him and he just ran off and then was like saying shouting stuff from a distance but he just ran like a little baby but I was like what the I was like what's wrong my mum says I've got a target on my back for like stuff to happen yeah, you you have a lot of these. I, I literally have no stories like this. I know, and like, loads of people are like, "There's so many, you must be making it up." Like, there's so many, I could like keep wheeling <laughs> up. I would be like two hours in again, um, <laughs> but but no, like, and it, no one believes me until my mates like 
confirm that it has happened it happened <laughs> or like my exes would like like yeah like yeah and I don't know why because I'm not someone that like goes around looking for trouble it just so Jabal just, just falls into our tits. <laughs> this is what not I don't pancakes. I don't get like you get um like especially online you get those the men that sit behind the keyboards like not all men like well enough of them that it's actually a problem. Yeah. Like you have to acknowledge that. Like no one's going around making up this nonsense saying, yeah. Oh yeah, like men do this, men do that. Ugh. Not all men, yeah, but enough of them that it's a problem for all women. Yeah. So, like, don't just take it as a fucking attack against you. Like, how about you step up and, you know, stop men from being dickheads to women? Like, that's all it takes. Like, it makes me laugh because I work mostly and everything I do is surrounded in a male-dominated environment. So... Most of the people I surround myself with on a daily basis are men. So, and they're fucking some of the best people I know, and they never dream of doing that, but there are a massive percentage that would. And there are some people who I've met that would be like, oh shit, yeah, I'd do that. And, mm. I, and not even realise until I've said how it makes a female feel, that until I've educated them, they haven't even realised that that behaviour. It's not been acceptable. Yeah. Because, like, I remember when I've said stuff like that and they've said, like, oh, yeah, when they've been out drinking together in big groups, and one of them's like, oh, days you go put your head in her tits. And then one of them's like, yeah, okay. Like, drunk and goes over and does it. And then they just see it as Fun. jokes and banter and that. And I'm like, well, no, what you are actually doing is sexually assaulting a female because you haven't asked for the permission to do that. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, shit, I didn't even think about it like that. <laughs> So sometimes it's like a lack of... Empathy. Ed- I think a lack of education of how it could feel because women... If women aren't going around... Uh, I know women ha- can do. Yeah. But if there was... If every wo- women's group acted like a hen do every bloody time they went out and was like just going up to men and grabbing their dicks every time, I'm sure it would start... Oh, yeah. So it would start being said. But because women aren't like that, except for probably on the odd head and do. That's when the, the men's rights activists will come right out then. <laughs> Man. But yeah, You're attacking their privilege. Understanding. But yeah, I, I've really gone off track with this. So yeah, if you're white belt, don't worry about yeah. training with higher belts. You can't improve if you don't surround, train with savages. Exactly. And don't worry about us. We If we don't want to roll with you or we've got a competition coming up where we need to be Rotten. surrounded by with like really high belts we'll just say oh look could I t- catch you at the end of the session because I'm you know training for a comp at the moment and yeah. I need to I need a rest round at the end I need to yeah <laughs> that's not so no but like even that like I've been in situations before where I'll choose not to roll with lower belts if I'm due for a competition because of course um, I tend to get injured when I roll with lower belts because it's mm. a bit more hectic yeah. Um, I don't know what to expect, but um, but I'll say it and I'll be polite about it and I'll be like, but, but as soon as the competition's over, like we're having a good couple of rolls, like, do you yeah, know what I mean? of course. Um, so I wouldn't worry about it. You, you ask, you train, um, you mm. do what's best for you, be selfish on the mats, um, ask like, all the questions, train, like, train with all the people you want, and if anyone, you know, if anyone did have a problem, I'm sure they'd just speak up and say and that's yeah. sort of 
I think That's leading it. on to that article that you saw, is it? Like, um, the one, uh, controversial. <sighs> Which one? Um, is it where they've banned people from oh. comp classes? Um, I can't remember the guy's actual name. Something Reese. Like, I've got Mario Reese in my head for some reason, but I can't remember if that's exactly his name. Mm. But essentially, he has a really high-level competition team, and he's essentially said that women are now banned from the competition classes because they can't keep up with the, the men's. They're not putting in as... Like, no, they're not putting in as much effort, but they they don't have the physicality to put in as much effort as the guys, unless you're his ex-wife, in which case you're allowed to because she's a she's a high-level competitor. So, like, obviously from a feminist standpoint, like, have they actually marketed it in the way of no females are allowed, or yeah. is that a twist upon? Because I haven't no. seen this. I'm. He, he basically said to all of the um, people at his gym that women weren't welcome at uh, the it was at certain competition classes and like not all competition classes but like the higher level competition classes that's so like, stupid like honestly that is stupid mm. it is so stupid because I understand if you've let's not class them as women let's class them as lower lower grades at comp classes yeah if you have certain people then obviously you said that it wasn't all Mm. so you've got comp classes for all and then you should have an elite team yeah then but to say that elite team is will allow shit male people just because they can yeah agree on because they're men or my point of view is you're doing a comp class then make it like black belt you know where they have like these black belt Mondays or black belt Fridays at some gyms then you make it black belt only competition class Mm. or the people the highest grades because if you're turning around then and going ah the women who are they're high grades but they can't go to that class then you need to look at who you're grading up because if you don't feel that the people you're grading are good enough to be in that class then that comes down to you as a coach so actually you're a shit coach yeah. If if you... like it it was just personally I feel like it was um like it's weird. Like you can see where he's coming from. He wants his higher level competitors to have the best training partners and stuff. But like why exclude high level females? Like you say, have an elite class, make it invitation yeah. only. Sure, but don't say as an arbitrary statement, women can't come, because that's what he did. Like, if he said, this competition class is going to be an hour long and it's invitation only, yeah, then fine. But just the arbitrary marker of, like, oh yeah, women aren't good enough. It just it feels But your ex-wife is, so it's a stupid statement. So, yeah. it's not women. No. It's just, well, I don't get it, he's just said that to be a prick, in my opinion. I don't know him, I haven't read the article, but from what I'm doing <laughs> off here, absolute prick. Like, what? Yeah. I just... I don't, I don't understand that, because all you do in is causing more barriers within Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. your own sport that you worship so much to become a professor in and do this. And, like, 
make your life. So you want to put barriers towards people who would actually want to do it. That, that... Exactly. So like, this is something that like I've experienced personally as well. Because we still keep seeing the same fucking conversations about me and competition and stuff like that. But it's like, you can't have, it can't, there can't just be a blanket statement that's like one thing for all. Because like, you need to be able to actually exclude uh, on a logical part. Like, you can't say all women are excluded and all men are allowed. Because like, then it's just saying, oh, you can be as shit as you want if you're a dude and then just walk into this competition class. Like, yeah. how are they giving you a better, um, a better standard of jujitsu than like a, a brown belt woman? Exactly. It's stupid. It is stupid he hasn't fought through. And if he has fought through and thought that that was the correct thing to say, then he's not someone you'd want to train under. Yeah, but apparently he's, he's a well-respected coach and like a really... Like but all, a, all what's happens now is when females get to that black belt level, are they going to go to train there? <laughs> no. no. Exactly. So you've lost a... Re- like, sorry, but th- these are the things. It's like... Um, Little things like that. I know I'm, like, sort of probably too far into it. But, you know, when I'm in a position to go around and do seminars, I will always make sure who I'm going to. Yeah. And who I'm associated to. Of course. So if someone turned around and said all that, I'd be like, okay, well, you've got to do a public apology before I do come do a seminar at yours about that situation because I ain't going to come... Like, if I'm on the mat and there's someone who I know has been any sort of way on social media, I won't socialise with them. Yeah. You can get away, I'm not rolling with you. Exactly. I am. I, I'm very, like, like I... It's yeah. literally the only reason I'm on the underground at the moment. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's your name, that's where you train, I'm not training there. Yeah. And that, that's pretty much it. And It's the same thing, that, it's the mentality that these people have about me competing going back to that because I'm an idiot and I got off topic like the mentality seems to be because of who I am I'm automatically going to win and like uh, when Junior kicked off at the end of like 2017 after I um, was that blue belt? no it was white belt it was the winter open I was still at white belt and I fought two of his fighters from Carlson Gracie and like the first match ended due to an early tap where the girl, und- I, I went for a head and arm and the girl underneath me like tapped real quick, but like it wasn't on and she went, oh no, like it was a reaction to what like she does at the gym where she just taps early because she doesn't want to get her neck fucked up and shit. And then she was like, oh no, I didn't mean to do that. And then the referee saw it and was like, oh yeah, that's it, job's done. I was like, okay, cool. And then like uh, the second girl was like, whole five minutes balls to the wall we were both fucked by the end and I literally won by the skin of my teeth at like four minutes 45 seconds something like really far into it and then Junior goes on to the fucking underground is like oh this person just won because of this this and this like completely undermining his two fighters saying like there's nothing that they could have done to win that fight like because I was there they were automatically going to lose it's like dude have some respect for your fucking because how can you stay, say that statement? And I'm, I'm not saying... But how can they actually do that statement when there's women that have beat you? That's what I don't... 
understand like and I'm not saying it is such because they're retarded it's like I hate using the word but they yeah. are <laughs> it's like it's, it just makes me laugh and um, I remember like you rolled with me and like I'm literally only as annoying as my body will allow me to be and like but the thing is I adapt I like I adapt to you like I would any other woman or any yeah. anyone I train with you have to adapt to different sizes and different body types and it doesn't Matter. the gender doesn't matter like to me if you're rolling you're rolling if someone said to me oh you're gonna go fight in the men's category today I'll go okay I wouldn't give a fuck I'll give it a go like what it doesn't bother me mm. there's no difference to like towards my approach towards it and um I think it the funniest thing is is um actually you actually came up um in a conversation I had not probably last week um and it was people talking about Caitlyn Jenner obviously because Love it. the main topic at the moment being yeah. on the celebrity and the fact and um they're on it then it went on to transgender athletes and obviously you know everyone has their say regardless whether they're an athlete themselves or whether they've done stuff and I just said one of my best mates is transgender and it makes no like no difference and I was like if anything I was like she's worse off because she's got no testosterone in her body whatsoever whereas I have Mm. and I was like, it's just ridiculous. And I was like, you know, and when everyone's talking about, oh, but the biomechanics, and I'm like, but there are women out there with the biomechanics yeah. of, but they like think a build, like a strong build and everything this else. Is the and thing. Stuff. They talk about biomechanics like they actually understand it. They've yeah. heard other people talking about it and then they regurgitate the information. So what they don't understand is, like, I am going to be completely different to someone who transitions at 12. I'm going to be completely different to someone who has done sports previous to their transition. Like, you act like every single person that goes through transition is the same. Like, the only thing the same about anyone who transitions is the fact that they're transitioning. It's the end goal. That's it. And, like, you've got that whole thing with um, the South Park episode that happened recently as well, where they... um, did like a, a women's oh I heard about this like a power lifter um, yeah sort of and like they made this character that's pretty much macho man Randy Savage he's like oh so you started identifying as a female two weeks ago and now you're uh, here and like they were getting all of them to like oh yeah she's so brave this this and this and it's like no what you're doing is muddying the water because now people are going to see that and then they don't understand that it's a satire mm-hmm. and the way that it's being portrayed is you can literally just say i'm a female and then go and compete when there are actually stringent rules around who can and cannot compete as a trans person it's like i'm not being funny but it's not you don't like it's not a decision it's not a choice like it's a like it's your life it's (laughs) like it's your life and it's not when i'm i don't know the process but what i do know about it's really friggin hard to actually get put on a list yeah. for the transition and but for like, the medicine and everything else. So it's not something you can just do overnight. This is on a whim. years. These are years and years of like battling with doctors and GPs mm-hmm. and going through the whole process and proving. So it's, the thing is, when so you, every time it comes up on the underground, you'll get someone going, oh, so maybe I'll just identify as a woman and go and win gold at the thing. And like my... 
I try not to get involved in the conversations anymore because I've already said all I can say. I've said it a hundred yeah. times and it's just frustrating that I have to go through the same thing over and over again. But like every time I, it comes up, I'm just like, do it. I dare you. Because all of the shit that I was feeling prior to my transition is how you will feel afterwards. Like, if you transition to a female, one, you're not guaranteed to win because women are fucking amazing fighters. Two, you don't know how your body's going to react to these hormones. Yeah. Like, your mood is going to go all the way down. If you've got no testosterone I, I, in your body... I honestly wish some bloke would do that and step into the category so yeah. I could fucking savage him up and just be like... You exactly. Could, you thought you could get the gold. Come on, let's Here's have an easy goal. I'd go, come on, we'll add, you know, as we're at it, we'll have adding grappling strike, yeah? Go on. But it's it's ridiculous. Like, even if they kept up a, a stringent physical regime, they're still going to lose a lot of power. They're still going to lose a lot of mobility. It's like they talk about uh, bone density, so uh, taking estrogen maintains your um, level of bone density but it also makes you susceptible to osteoporosis but you know what also makes me laugh about that is what difference will the bone density make except for if it's about breaking a leg and if they're getting into a position to get their leg broken or their arm broken it's either going to go or it's not like and it's going to make no difference to the result. You're going to tap or you're not. You shouldn't be getting in that position to begin with. Like It also, makes no sense. The difference in bone density actually varies more widely between race than it does sex. So, again, it doesn't matter unless you're going to separate sex, uh, separate races, which is And you know, the, only, the only thing, like, where... Because um, this kind of come in, they said, well, what, what advantages would, like, transgender females have in competing in female and I was like and and I said I have not experienced any I was like if I have to really think into it I was was like probably the only thing I could possibly think is would be more common is hands and feet size for hooking or grabbing but I said even then I said with that I have fought women with stronger grip strength than I have men oh yeah oh my god God, some women I know can literally hold on for dear life and there's no way I can break it. And it's then I've insane. had men with huge hands with l- lack of grip strength. So mm-hmm. I, d- I don't, even that point, I don't agree with. No. It's ridiculous. You, you're fighting a person, you're not fighting a gender and that's what annoys me about it. Yeah. Because I, where I'm good at, I'm totally shit at other times. So... Are you an idiot if you fight me and then fight to my strengths? Yes. Are you a good fighter if you fight to my weaknesses? Yeah. Like so, that's the way you do it. So you yeah. tr- you look at every every fighter, you analyze them, you go, what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? I'm gonna attack their weaknesses then. Yeah. I'm gonna play to their weaknesses, and that's how it is. If if you know, let's let's say like um, how the underground would make you out to be. Yeah then if that's the case, then I'd look at that and I'd be like, well, she must be frigging strong and so much stronger than me and, you know, be able to wrap me around and grab me and do it. And I'm like, okay, but men can do that and I still beat men at training. So yeah. well, I, I, I literally, the process <laughs> of it is ridiculous. It's, it's so ridiculous. Like, mm. it's as if 
they make out like transgender females are Gordon Ryan fighting in a women's division. Exactly. Like that's how they make out. No. Like <laughs> what the fuck? But like that's that's another question because like at the moment most if not well, I don't know most trans people uh, start getting into the sport at white belt because mm -hmm. they want to get into some kind of self-defense like it's why I started the sport initially because I was uh, assaulted it really uh, triggered my anxiety and um, <clears throat> like it meant that I couldn't really go out at night mm -hmm. I couldn't do anything and like it was really inhibiting what I could do so um, when I found uh, the Liverpool MMA Academy like I remember just feeling calm again and like after about six-ish weeks of jiu-jitsu I was like I was just starting to get like really into it mm. like you know everyone who starts like you'll either have you'll either go to a few sessions and then stop because it conflicts with your ego or you just do a deep dive on jiu-jitsu and your life becomes it for a little while yeah and it's like I got when I got to that stage it was like I was walking tall at night I wasn't like wondering oh who's around this corner it meant that I had a life again mm -hmm. so like um when people start talking about like me and jiu-jitsu and trying to put barriers up to me participating and competing that's where my mind goes because um it's essentially what gave me my life back and then putting that up just makes me feel like, oh no, like if this is something that I can't do, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm like, I know just having it's a like, level of. There's people out there and they just don't think about anything but themselves and their own ego and sometimes the students and it's ridiculous. Like mm. it is honestly ridiculous because my point of view is if you can't if you can't be a transgender woman with no testosterone in their body who's going, let's be honest, is probably going through issues, like, in their yeah. dealing with stuff, having the confidence to get onto the mats and do it, and take part, and come into terms with themselves and their body within a sport and everything else. If you can't beat someone who's going through all that, all the medication, the transition, and everything, if you can't beat them, how the fuck are you going to, like, going to beat anyone else? Like, I just don't get it. Like, yeah. what, it's... It, to me, it just, if you're moaning about it as a coach, you honestly are a terrible coach. Like, you, you're a terrible coach. <laughs> like, because if you, like you said about that bloke and the two mm. female fighters, if you can't be, tell your two female fighters, if you can't teach them to be a transgender woman, then... What you're saying is every time they're on the street, they shouldn't have the confidence not to get assaulted yeah. by men. Yeah. It, it, like it's, it, <laughs> do you know? But that's that's yeah. how bad they're like. It's just so like it's even hard talking about it now because it just makes no sense in my head, and I'm trying to put it into perspectives. Yeah. And to me, it's just like it doesn't shouldn't even have to be talked about because it's so ridiculous. It's stupid. Like at the end of the day. We're all humans. We're all working towards stuff. If you like, my I'm so supportive of you. If but if you wanted to fucking go on testosterone and become 
Gabby fucking Garcia. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, let's do it, bitch. I'll like, I'll help you through that. I'll take you to the gym. Sick. Not that I endorse steroids because I don't. Um, and I don't take them myself although I look like such a hench bitch <laughs> <laughs> but I do want a six pack and I do want to be shredded yeah so I don't know me personally if I'm the only one who's going to be able to give Gabby a, a run for her money <laughs> I've said now if they offered me the right amount of money I'd get in the ring with her listen to that one would you prefer Japan? to find Gabby in um, Jiu Jitsu or MMA, MMA. <laughs> fuck that <laughs> Yeah, go on, Gabby. Snap me. You know, put a twister on me. Reap these knees. No, MMA, definitely. <laughs> Just run around kicking her legs and smacking her face. She's a terrible striker. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. Wow, it's the same as, like... Uh, I don't know how... Like, I, I don't really um, do MMA. I've had, like... A total of maybe eight Thai boxing classes, and that's yeah. my experience uh, of Thai boxing. And it's like when you see jujitsu people transition to MMA, like a lot of their game obviously heavily relies on the grappling aspect. Mm. But like, I do kind of cringe a little bit when I see them try and do some stand up. But it's like, uh, who was it? It was a uh, Mackenzie's fight uh, mm. a few weeks ago. Like, she was fighting uh, that Amanda Hebas, and like both jujitsu black belts. But Amanda has the understanding that Mackenzie Dern yeah. is Mackenzie Dern. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to the floor with that. But like, Mackenzie, much to her credit, like she, uh, she lost. I think she lost by decision. But like, she was going in with like every shot's a haymaker. It's like. You're tiring yourself out. No You're opening yourself up. Well. Um, I think it's a, it's a tough one because I think striking in itself is just as... When you look at it in depth and the footwork and the pace and the decision-making and the watching what your opponent doing, it's just as challenging as jiu-jitsu mm. if you put the time into it. Um, but... I think a lot of people are just like, everyone thinks that they can box. Oh, yeah. Everyone thinks that they can throw a punch. But it's like about when you actually... Too many... Like, you know, too many people underestimate the skill level needed within striking. Um, and that's the issue is... To go against, like, really high-level strikers or whatever, if, if you've done that in jiu-jitsu, you need to be able to have spent the same amount of time... Yeah. In boxing and doing striking because it is hard. It's not an easy game and I've learned it the hard way. I've gone in like I think it wasn't it wasn't too long ago. I hadn't done striking in ages and bear in mind it was a bit but this twelve year old girl at the gym was like, Oh, I could I have a spa with you? And you know, and you're like, Oh yeah, I'll be nice, I'll get the spa. <laughs> Obviously, I wasn't. I wasn't gonna land a shot on her because it just in my head it was like if I do because I, I land. I've landed shots on fully grown men before and they've been knocked out. Love it. And that's my sort of style of boxing. Like I'll, you know, I do like like. But when I find the chance, boom, the big ones coming in the top. Circle around. So the issue is, is when you're fighting a twelve year old girl, you can't do that. You just can't. I've killed her. 
Why like, not? So even my little... Why not? Even, like, my little jabs and that, I was just trying to, like, you know, bop nicely off the forehead kind of thing. And because of that, oh, my God, she savaged me up because she went full on. And I realised just how terrible my head movement was, like, in my footwork, <laughs> because I was so reliant on being a bit more scrappy, like, getting in close, knocking people out. Like, that's that's what I'd done. Is as soon as I come across a 12-year-old where I had to start fighting more like Mayweather, like um, moving, <laughs> I come out with a bust lip and a, like my Love eye, it. like a nose swollen. But I was like, fair play to you. It was a good spa, like for me, because I wasn't able to, I had to completely, it's like kind of going against someone who's like, that's the only sport they've done, but them being super young. But then them saying to you, Okay, you can't use any of the jiu-jitsu that is your style and you're good at. You've got to like completely go to a different style. <laughs> and that's like the moment where you can handle yourself. You're not going to mm. get hurt, but at the same time, you're going to get savage. That was what it was like. <laughs> and I was laughing. I was like, how the hell have I just got savaged up by a 12-year-old girl? She's awesome, though. And my name's Maddie. Um, she's... I, I can imagine... Um, if she... Doesn't, if she stops growing, she'll be the right height and weight to be able to um, become a really big star in England boxing. Nice. Um, she's got a good, good style and a good hit, strong. And yeah, I think she'll. What she'll weight she at then? Is it straw weight? I haven't seen her in about a year, so I don't know what weight she... Because obviously she's 12, so... She, she might be fucking dense now, you don't know. She's like, she might be six foot five. She probably she is. She's got reach for days. Probably what is. <laughs> doesn't, um, doesn't see it the same, but... Um, yeah, I am just just went onto her Instagram. It says, England boxer, national finalist, GB3 national gold... Okay, good. So she's doing really well. But, um, yeah, I wonder what size she's going to get to as she develops as a human. <laughs> but, um, yeah, she's, she's cracking on. She's going to be a bit lethal. Let me show you. Oh, shit. Yeah, she, you know, she's... um. She's about your size now. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> she, she used to be able to fit under my arm. Pit now, that's not going to happen. Do you know what I mean? So, which, is, which is harder because I think as the taller you go, the heavier you get as a woman. Mm -hmm. But the smaller you have to stay to be able to maintain... Um, your weight division. Yeah, the weight yeah. division because there isn't enough weight divisions. And this is what annoys me to a certain degree. So I, I meet people like the same height as me who were doing MMA. Mm. Um, I think there's Stephanie Page, mm. the Welsh girl, who's doing MMA, really... You know, she's, she's doing well. She just went out to the... Is it the IM... In, oh, I am IMAA no or... Um, broad and does... Uh, same height as me, but she's naturally, like, just... lean as hell, like, you know... Like 64. Yeah, like, and I'm a bit smaller, a bit... Like, well, just tiny bit smaller but stockier but she, I wouldn't be able to make well I think it's like 65 that you have to get to there's no way I can make it like I, I look at Chris Cyborg and her making weight there is 
And this is the funniest thing is everyone goes to me and oh, I say, like, why don't you fight cyborgs? Do MMA, get in there. And I'm like, there is no way I honestly could make 65. There's just no way, like, not possible. I think you could, but it means you'd have to stop drinking. And I know how much that means to you. <laughs> I have tried. <laughs> I, have, I honestly have tried and not drank whiskey for like six months. Um, just so everyone's just aware. Sophie is currently hungover <laughs> from like a week long bender that she's been on. A week long? <laughs> I bloody wish I'd been working. I oh, went yeah. out last night, that was all. And I hadn't <laughs> been out in ages. It sounds better if it's a week long bender. Okay, week long bender. <laughs> I've got my AA meeting tomorrow. And um, get a bit of Jesus in your life. Yeah. It's Going to wrong. church. <laughs> that was today. Your days are all wrong. It's because I've been on this week-long bender. I have no clue what day it is. Maybe I was meant to be in work today. Maybe. (laughs) Um, So I do have one more question for you now that we've covered nonsense. Sorry, I just pulled a bogey out my nose. Nice. Just flicked it. Why'd you eat it? I didn't eat it. I just said I flicked it. You should have done that quicker. (laughs) Um, So... I have a question for you about martial arts in general. I, um, people are going to judge me if they know who the dude is, but I've been reading, uh, like, I'm going back into a management position at work, mm-hmm. so I'm like reading up on some like management styles and stuff. And there's a guy called Simon Sinek who uh, just talks about like the mentality of uh, leaders and how to handle like. Um, like millennials that are coming in, older people, like just manage the different mm. different types of person and stuff. Like one of the questions that um, he poses, which I feel is very valuable, is what's your why? Um, so like everything that you do has a reason behind it. And unless you actually like take the time to stop and ask yourself, why it's very easy to get like uh what's the word i'm looking for not side lose track. track yeah just lose why track you're of why you're doing it yeah. so like with regards to like jujitsu in general why what do, why do you do it um so for martial arts i've always done it as a form of um being able to protect the people that i love Mm. Um, I'll continue doing it because I want to continue being strong enough to be able to protect mm. and that like and I that I think that's a big drive of why I get so protective over the, my friends and my family and like looking after them and um, I want yeah, and I want to pass on information to be able to help them yeah. as well. And like not just them, but like different different people in general, like going round and travelling and just protecting women by teaching them just little things yeah. and doing things. That's a big why for me. So I continue training so I can keep providing mm. um, the best information. I think everyone then would say, well, why do you compete if mm. your sole purpose is just to get good to be able to 
coach the most effective and that, I think that's why I've delved into so many martial arts because I think everything has something to give and for me I've kind of like crafted a way of self-defense that mm. um, works for all different types of women and I have different ways of coaching different sizes different things and I think when I actually get to my black belt in jiu-jitsu I'm going to actually create a book um, mm. explaining self-defense for different statures different size women different situations and um delve into like the techniques that i i would say i work yeah are effective they work and valuable that, yeah um so that's one thing um are you still doing your uh like as part of your uh woman brand you do female self-defense courses and stuff as yeah well, so, so I, I do workshops um at the moment i've got business lined up and I'll be doing um, drop-in workshops because a lot of the women there have been assaulted leaving work and everything so I'm gonna mm. go into that business and um, do some stuff and then oh well I go into schools regularly and then mm. coach them stuff so I've got a couple of schools lined up over the next couple of months that's cool um, to go in there and not just that like I've got a couple of lad groups as well to teach mm. them about knife crime and how dangerous it is and um, because I always say, like, it, I, I hate going into schools and only providing self-defence lessons to women. Like, yeah. I, it's what I do, but I always offer a self-defence class for males where it's also it's also telling them, like, how you can be accused of sexual assault and why, yeah. you know, how that can... Yeah, like, the, the you know, so it's, Yeah. yeah. Um, because I think there's so lack of education around it all, so I'd be silly not to target both genders mm. um, but I specifically do the women's classes for women um, um, yeah like so I do all that kind of stuff I've got a couple I'm looking at starting some classes all around um, Northamptonshire so I'm hoping I can speak to the chief of the fire brigade and get um, the bays free in different areas mm. um, in conjunction with the different fire stations so do get a load of mats into the bays and then get um get yeah nice. so stuff like that i'm gonna have a look into that it's just that's something i'm really passionate about and i have been since i was a kid it was really installed in me mm. um but yeah when i when i'm previously mentioned why mm. competitions then for me i've never been a big fan of competitions like um but i think the hardest thing is is a lot of people don't as when you're a female especially they don't respect your knowledge mm. um and don't respect all of the martial arts that i've done or that i've possessed and sometimes it's like if you're a man and i'm saying this if you're a man you can walk in and you can never do a competition in your life you can just coach martial arts mm. off experience that you've gained and be seen as one of the world's best coaches um, so it's like football coaches for instance a load of them have never played football in their lives they just simply coach a load of boxing coaches are massively overweight never achieve that level but will create some of the best fighters and this is some what is like I see that as my destiny of mm. where I'll end up but overweight coaching boxing yeah exactly nice. overweight coaching <laughs> martial arts but um as a female, you don't get the respect unless you walk the walk and talk the talk, which I think is bullshit, to be honest, because I think 
Um, only because you're a good competitor doesn't mean that you're a good um, coach. Oh, no, because you'll know stuff, but it doesn't mean that your communication skills and you're effective no. to learn. And it's like, you can be a great mathematician, but it doesn't mean you'll make a good maths teacher. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, but for me, I do it. And I think I've grew up in a family which is... Um, you know, me and my sister would always compete against each other. And because my mum and dad were always hard working, always out, I found that a lot of how me and my sister would get the attention or do that it was by achieving in sport. Like for me, sports, Haley, in other ways. Mm. Um, so we'd gain a lot of attention from that. And for me, a lot of my identity growing up was around being that's the sports one, being... Mm the one that's good at sport, that wins the medals, that does this. So, yeah, so for me to be able to... It's not so much now, because I've got over that, but I think it's yeah. still embedded in me to be that one that wins national titles, that wins this, wins that. Um, for me, I'd, I'd love to be able to go do Europeans and the Worlds, nogies and that but I'm just not in a financial situation to be able to do that because I have to prioritise I have to prioritise where my money goes yeah. and for me I don't I think to myself if I went out there and I got a gold at Euros or a gold at the Worlds it's amazing but for the cost of it mm. I could do other things that would actually benefit my life um yeah. to a certain degree i'm like well what does that medal benefit except for an egotistical point of view on instagram mm. and more shallow people not ending up only respecting me because i won that medal rather than look at the knowledge she has yeah. from the the different belts she's achieved and that that's that's my why like i it, I'm still always developing, I'm still always learning, I'm still um, learning about myself and how I, you know, I think it's always good to do it, but I think with anything, learning the source of why you do something is, or why you behave a certain way, mm. it's always <clears throat> important. Yeah, of course. Like, um, I've been, I haven't really been able to do a lot of jiu-jitsu recently, so, like, I've been very much attacking it from an academic standpoint mm -hmm. uh, and a philosophical standpoint, like especially all the stuff that goes on in the underground. Like I do have to ask myself, like, why am I putting myself through it? Why am I doing it? And like, uh, the benefits for me outweigh um, all of the other stuff. Like as shit as it makes me feel when people start to. Um, mm -hmm like dehumanize me and stuff like I know that jujitsu provides me with uh, it provi it provides me with an ability to live in the moment like uh, we've we've spoken before about like my anxiety and my depression and stuff so it's like I'm always living in my head and jujitsu forces you to live in the moment and I, I struggle to get that outside of jujitsu, mm. so um, it's just having something that doesn't doesn't require me to be somewhere else in my head. Mm. And like it's and one like of the escapism. Yeah. Yeah. And like also, 
I find it fascinating. Like I love I love the technicality of jujitsu. I I enjoy the movements that people make. I, I enjoy how everyone does it differently and I enjoy like that anyone can fuck me up on any given day and the next day it will be completely different. Yeah. Because there are so many things that go into it. So, uh, and I think it gives you so much more. It's not... Look, because I, I can answer that why and <clears throat> then why is in the root cause, but... Um, Tomorrow it will be different. You know, it could... Though I also know as well that it chills me out as a person. If yeah. I've gone there and I've done it... I'm happier, I feel less worked up because yeah. I've got... It's a good stress reliever. Yeah, it's a massive stress reliever. And I think um, when you've gone on the mats, regardless of how it's gone, to be absolutely knackered, lay down in a pool of sweat, covered in <laughs> everyone's sweat, body hair, and just... Have you even trained if you haven't pulled someone's pube out of your mouth? Yeah, like exactly all that. I've had people sweat into my mouth. I've had a toe end up in my mouth at one point. What's worse? Like, I think it's like having someone sweat in your mouth or in your eye. Eye. Because <laughs> most of the time I'm dehydrated while rolling, so it's a welcome <laughs> gift. <sighs> but no, so I think it's really like. It really when you're lay there covered in somebody else's sweat pubes everything really takes away every bit of dignity you have as a human mm -hmm. and then you walk away but and it's you also, laugh and you shower it's also like a daily sense of achievement as well hmm. like the only thing i wish could be different about brazilian jiu-jitsu is that it didn't mess your hair up <laughs> It's like, you know, like when people go, oh, do you want to go swimming? And you're like, oh, that's really good. And then you think about the effort of having to wash your hair and dry it after and then style it. And you're like, well, should we go to the cinema? Or the pub? <laughs> See, I've just said the cinema. And you're the one that accuses me of being the alky. I would rather a nice tango ice blast every day. That's the one. It's the one. My favourite. <laughs> Um, a mixture of flavours. Oh my god! Like uh, I went to see Frozen Two the other is day. Is it any good? I'm gonna go watch it. Is it? Is it? Um, it's so good. Is it so good? Are the songs catchy. Yeah. The is songs there any, are just as good. Okay, as the because fans. I haven't watched it, but apparently there was they were gonna make Elsa a lesbian. Has that happened? As Disney, as Disney pushed the barrier on a bit of. See the thing is. <laughs> That didn't happen. Oh, no. That didn't happen. <laughs> but, like, they kind of hint at stuff at the beginning because, like, this won't ruin anything for anyone because it's, like, a flashback scene where, like, Anna and Elsa are, like, kids again. And, like, they're just playing with, like, toys and stuff. And you can see and Elsa goes, I'm going to be Ken. No. <laughs> Anna's all about, like her prince charming and having this like a uh, big wedding and a big story and like um elsa's like cats no not cats. i'm just gonna keep saying <laughs> things just to throw you now for elsa it's more about um like uh position and leadership and actually like accomplishing 
So like Oh, so we've ended up in that standard thing where everyone assumes that to be a strong, independent woman, that must mean you're a lesbian that doesn't want to marry <laughs> anyone. But like I'm not gonna give anything away, but like the film is superb. Like it's a really good follow on, like the story actually makes like a bit of sense. Um it's kind of destroyed the the fan theories of uh Tarzan being their brother because mm. there was a wicked theory where like the parents left they became shipwrecked and landed on that island yeah, and then they have seen Tarzan that. and stuff but like yeah so fan that's been theories hey I know that's been pissed out of the water the only one that mattered was skins <laughs> the um, aftermath of the lesbian couple Naomi Lee? I can't remember. Something like that. I loved Skins when it was on. Like, the original, like, couple of seasons. I fancied Emily. Which one was Emily? The one with the weird nipples. Oh, is that a thing? I didn't see the weird nipples. No, but that's what Nicholas... No, she had, like, um, she was one of the twins. Because I always wanted to be Naomi. The feminist blonde one. And they lesbed it off, didn't they? It's my um, revelation of. <laughs> well, in Frozen 2, Into the Unknown and Show Yourself, those two songs made me cry. Oh. And I loved it. Like, like I'm I said. I'm going to go and watch it this week and I'll um, definitely give you an update on the next podcast of whether I cried or not. I will 100% cry. You will. <laughs> I cried. Like, I cried. I, I did. I'm... Like I saw a baby the other day, just do something cute, and I just started welling up. Like I, I just cry all the time. Someone could say something nice to me, and I'll just cry. Oh my god! I have my appraisal um at work soon, and like, so I was brought up on negative inference uh, from my parents. Like I never did. Uh, we never got praised for doing good things. We got scolded for doing bad things. Yeah. And now, like. I'm so used to that, that even... And receiving praise is an uncomfortable situation. 15 years after leaving my parents' house, and I still can't accept praise of any kind. I've You're doing a really literally good broke... job here. I, I don't get praise here. It's fine. <laughs> You're doing an amazing job on this podcast. You're Shut your face. Nice. Shut your whole mouth. Take it. No. <laughs> I can't. I'm really proud of you and how you've got on. Stop. Oh, she's crying. Stop it, because I will. <laughs> she's welling up. Don't, because... You're just a really, really... No. Like, oh, fight like a girl. Why? Why fight are you like doing Fight like a girl it? was impressive. That's, that's what I had dreamed about with Woman. Really? And you just did it, and it was phenomenal. You blew it out of the park. Ah, it could have been better. Um, I'm hoping You know to... what? Shut the fuck up and just take it. Nah. Uh, anyway. But this is the thing. Like, at appraisals, I, I will literally just say, yeah, but, yeah, but... Yeah, but so you know what? I give, I dare you, in your appraisal, and they're praising you to go, just just go, yeah. There's my pay rise. Nah, dare like, you. I, this is the thing. Like I've never cared about my salary, like ever at all, and um, it's. I've always just described my uh, career as failing upwards because I always feel like I'm really shit, but then they promote me, and I'm like. How? Why? What's going on? I like that failing upwards. We're like total opposites. 
<laughs> well, you're so really cool and ambitious. And I'm just no, like, I d- I d- fucking... You're saying fed in opposites, and then I'm like going, I'm doing a great job. Why the fuck am I not getting promoted? <laughs> Maybe I'm just over... Just well, a narcissist. I, maybe you're just intimidating, and they're like, maybe we need to keep her in her place. <laughs> yeah, maybe I need to just. Um, it's like, it's one of them things um, I actually got told is because you come across like your cup's full all the time. No one's ever gonna want to fill it with praise or like um, or approval. Whereas actually, I'm, I only come across like that because I'm a very empty, shallow person yeah. with really bad confidence issues where um and then they were like whereas if you come across like the person you actually are people will start picking you up and filling up your cup a little bit and i was like oh that makes me uncomfortable that feels come across like a fucking obnoxious bitch (laughs) it feels like fishing for praise and that's something that i can't stand but at the same time it's something that i'm aware that i've done like in the past when like I down talk I, I always down talk all the work I do because I literally cannot take praise it's the worst mm. but like speaking of fight like a girl like I'm literally thinking of um, the next competition like I wasn't able to do it this year mm. so next year um, hopefully get it in for September October ish time I think um, it's such a good competition though because so many I know so many women that rely on that competition for their first competition, mm. just to feel less anxious or yeah worried about it. I I feel bad that the uh, like the staff that help are all volunteers, like so. But no one would do it if they didn't want to. Yeah, I know. So you can't feel bad about that. At the end of the day, they they can see the bigger picture of what this is doing for the community, mm. and that's all that matters. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like no one, no one does stuff for. Yeah. Like you know, if if someone's someone that does volunteers time to get something back, then they're not the kind of people you'd want working yeah. at that event. So like. Um the the event itself like it doesn't make money like at all um i think the the entry fees just about cover the hiring of the mat and hiring of the hall and everything else uh, i pay for um and i need to get new medals uh which i'm currently designing and i need to get the new t-shirts designed as well so once I've got that done, I'll start looking at finding another venue because like mm. I'm thinking of find, trying to find a place that already has mats, yeah. like a judo club or something. Like it's if one you of wanted it still central, I don't have um, Wolverhampton judo. Mm. Maybe. I'm sure they do. Or maybe Warsaw. One of them. To, it starts with a W. It's around the area, but um, that will be. GB Judo there and it's a very good team. Ooh. Let me see. We'll do it after. There's <laughs> me live on air. Let me Let's me. arrange everything now. Let me just give them a call. Hello. Warsaw. Warsaw. Okay, I'll have a look. Yeah, British Judo Centre of Excellence. Oh. And I, oh. Oh, University of Wolverhampton, Warsaw Campus. 
I ticked two boxes there, didn't I, with my answer to that. Sorry, everyone. But just, wouldn't you like? Wouldn't you like that? You're just so brilliant. I'm just. I'm incredible. <laughs> See, that's an example of. I'm you're not. taking all the praise. I'm not. I'm it's just. Like, I'm just saying. So I'm, just saying I, I'm fucking incredible. I am. Don't know why. I've started doing that situation where I'm at. Like every time someone says something, I like it's just because I'm so fucking brilliant. Like I, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, but I still put my trousers on one leg at a time. <laughs> Look at me. But this is I'm the a... thing. I do exactly that with such. Like, <laughs> but I generally, people genuinely think I'm being genuine with it. Like and we'll be like, oh god. Oh yeah, the sarcasm comes across when I say it. Like it's yeah, sarcasm doesn't come across <laughs> with me. I don't know whether it's my brummy toes. It must be. People are just like oh. Those dulcet brummy tones. What do I do, mate? I'm just so great. I can't I'm help fucking it. incredible. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm fucking brilliant. <laughs> um, so, on the last thing about this, what's your why thing? Like, uh, someone was asking me a little while ago about. Um, how do you get better? Like, how can you jump from this to this? How do you get, like, tabs? How do you get belts and stuff? And, like, for me, like, personally, I've struggled with this in the past where I've been really uh, impatient about, mm-hmm. like, moving belts and stuff, like, especially at white belt. Like, where I moved gyms, it took a long while before I started before I got my first tab and like I think the first time I, I got a tab was after uh, I think I took bronze at Europeans um, but like now like I'm being more uh, conscious of what it is I'm at, of the pressure that I'm putting on myself essentially so like uh, this is advice for every single white belt who wants to progress fast and who wants to just get tabs and just wants to move up and through and like it is literally just fucking slow down stop like just so, refocus like that's yeah like not... it's fine if your goal is to uh, get your black belt or get your blue belt it's fine to have that as a a goal but it shouldn't be the goal my point of view is why rush such a great journey yeah but why, that's the thing people don't see yeah. it as a journey why why would you want to rush for it because I tell you what when you get to that black belt it's really hard to keep yourself motivated yeah like because then what there's okay. nothing there is no tabs to keep you in there is no belt promotions well there's what, a tab every yeah, two and a half every years. two and a half years. that's what I'm saying it's, it's insane not. and that's if your instructor remembers to give you them. <laughs> but this is what I'm saying it's just slow down enjoy it and just learn as much as you can and yeah. don't if my point of view is there's a lot of people that start jiu-jitsu, delve in, go to every class, and they're just overwhelmed by information because they've mm-hmm. never done a martial arts before, and they've never done a sport before where they've had to intake information, yeah. repeat it, and then remi- remember it inspiring, mm-hmm. and then drill it so many times it becomes natural inspiring. Mm-hmm. 
one move as a beginner per week should be enough. enough. Yeah. Like, but when you go into multiple classes, like, because you're like, yeah, I want to get that blue belt, I want to do... You're just attending, you're not mm. really taking in. So I'm like, as a beginner, like, I, I think as a woman, go to a woman's class once a week, like, and then build it up, build it up. Mm. As you're starting to learn things or do things, build it up to two classes, then three, then four. And then, I don't, you know, if you look at black belts or people who are going to who are world champions they're the only people that should be training five times a week everyone else I'm oh, guessing yeah. has a full time job or can do stuff have, has kids struggles with, to get somewhere yeah. this is what I've been talking about on uh, the Triangles Everywhere um, forum all week uh, like people talk about weight cutting for competition and stuff I'm like unless Jiu Jitsu is how you make your living mm. you shouldn't be doing any of that like this is for fun if you're a hobbyist it's fun if you're not enjoying it then what's the fucking point what's your why of being there yeah. oh it's going to give me the it doesn't unless you're competing at like unless like your world championship is black belt world championship it doesn't matter and that's what a lot of people don't really understand yeah. like i had so much stress growing up about making weight for fights and doing things mm. and now i'm just like or whatever I weigh in on the day on the scales is what I'm fighting at. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, do, do, honestly, yeah. like, I know for a fact I could lose, a, like, a couple of kg if I wanted to mm. and be in an easier category Yeah. for myself. For my Because I will always say I go into ultra-heavy women and I'm normally the smallest one in there or I've got someone who's way bigger than me. I'm against and I'm like well fuck it if I can't beat them then I need to go train more like so if I was to cut a couple of kg I'd probably be the heaviest in a women's category and it would be easier for me but I don't want that I'm just I don't can't be asked for the stress of having to stress about my weight all the time do if I feel good and I look good I'm happy do you think that your uh, your mindset is not necessarily unique, but like in the minority. Yeah. Jiu Jitsu. Yeah, I, I think my my mindset to a certain degree is a minority in life because You're I can have this conversation. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, but I can have this conversation, and so many women worry about the way they look, worry about the way they eat, like you know, they eat, they look, this, and I can honestly get fat like eating shit and then just be like yeah I'm ha happy and then I'll look at myself and go oh, I'll start losing weight again now and then I'll just go to the gym and do it because I've looked in the mirror and I there is that point where I'm like yeah you're at your limitations of still looking hot like, <laughs> so, like um, for myself in that I I do have a way like I can look at my body and go I know how much kg I can play with to make myself because I think it's important, like, you, as people, you want to feel good-looking, you want to feel yeah. healthy, like, it, but I have, like, a range where I can put on loads of weight and still feel nice, but if I tip over a little bit, I'm like, shit, <laughs> but, and then I can, so I fluctuate between them weights, but I don't worry about it, I don't put stress on it. If I get naked and someone turned around to me and went, refuse to have sex with me or just didn't like what they saw, then they can fuck off and they don't get this booty. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but this is... And I don't go to the gym to look good. 
yeah. I honestly go to the gym because I enjoy it and that. But then I look at the root cause of why I do it. And then maybe there is a part of me that does it to look good, but I don't know. But like so I see everyone. all these girls now, like, you know, all my best mates have filler. All my best mates, like, have Botox or do so. And I'm the one that hasn't. And I don't know why that is, because they're fucking gorgeous girls and they're mm. beautiful. And it's not like... It's not like some people can... You know, there's some people you can turn around to and go, yeah, but you don't need anything done because you haven't been brought... Yeah. You know, you haven't had bad teeth growing up. You haven't had dodgy nose or bad... like, And all these things, like... Don't get me wrong, I'm like any girl, I still get down when, like, yeah. a bit like, oh, God, I look like shit today. Oh, God, my skin's come out in blemishes and, and get a bit self-conscious. But then I take a step back and then I think to myself... Does it really fucking matter? Mm. No. Because we live in a society of image. And this is what I'm saying is... uh, There is... I think I am in that minority where it comes to BJJ and weight and everything. Where I'm just like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. I'm not doing it for anything, anyone else. I'm doing it for myself. So as long as I'm happy and healthy going on the mats, I don't care what weight that is. Mm. Maybe one day I'll go... Oh, like cut weight just to see and then go oh actually I feel happy and healthy here and then stay maintain that weight and stay there but at the moment no yeah. I don't want str- like it's stressful enough doing competitions let alone having to think about your weight going into it oh yeah definitely like I've never had to worry about weight going into competition like literally due to my like height I'm always going to be in the above 79 yeah. kilos so like, I don't see the point in me fretting about whether or not I'm going to get into, like... I, I'm never going to get below 79. Like, mm-hmm. that's... I, I would be so gaunt that I wouldn't be able to fight to the best of my ability. I know that. But, like, there are times where I use that as an excuse to just eat ice cream. And, like, I went to Sainsbury's last night and they've... They've re-released Baked Alaska, <laughs> Ben and Jerry's ice cream. And it's the best flavour. It's been out of circulation for years. So I bought like five tubs. That's and it's nice. all sat in my... Fr- well, four of them are left in my freezer. Because I had one last night. I know. I know. Well, we I'm all do. I, the, I was t- <laughs> telling you what I had while drunk. Um, <laughs> no, to be fair, it was across the, the day. Mm. But the wrap. Yeah. Oh, cheesy chips. <sighs> Barbecue margarita pizza. I had, a pizza oh, for, I had a pizza for lunch last dinner. It was dope. Like, so yeah, if you're a white belt and you want to know how to improve, uh, the best advice the best advice I could literally give to anyone is just make short-term goals. Like, listen to your instructor uh, and actually practice what you're learning in the class. Like, I think we spoke about this in the, the last episode where I was like we would do like uh, the format of the classes that I do at uh, Total with Stuart and Haley is like uh, probably about 45-50 minutes of technique 20-25 minutes of King of the Hill and about 15-20 minutes of uh, life sparring mm-hmm. like if that's a similar format to what you actually do, the King of the Hill like positional sparring actually trying to apply try and apply what you've learned in the class 
rather yeah. than switching straight you to think it's bullshit your game. and you don't have a clue what they've just taught and you'll never <laughs> use it and just savage people up. Grab this part of the lapel, pass it to this hand, then pass it to in between these toes, then pass Ooh. it to this hand and the other hand and this hand, and then you get the sweep. I'm like, never going to happen. Well, grab the ankles and throw your hips up. <laughs> I literally, I'm like, no. Oh. But like, just shorter tone goals, like, there's literally no point in worrying about your belt because it will come. That comes from time on the mat. Yeah. All you can really do is try to understand your body more understand your weight more and pressure and just apply the techniques that's it yeah just have fun exactly that's all it that's literally all it should be about put any pressure on yourself you wonder why like we have like kids who are amazing at jiu-jitsu and they come up from the young belts because it's would you ever ever see them worrying about their weight or worrying about that no they're just they're just fighting and they're just doing it and they're enjoying it and they're with their mates if you treat martial arts like that you'll develop well quicker because you know what you'll enjoy it that much that you'll want to be there with your mates yeah and you'll be not stressing it'll just be a part of your life rather than your life yeah and i think that's really important too like when you make sports your career or you like your life it can sometimes overtake everything else and become something you hate i know that sounds Mm. really stupid but like you see it more like a job i don't know like so just do it to the degree that you enjoy it so there are some people that will can do it every single day inside out and still enjoy it Mm. there's some people that will like i've had enough after three sessions but so if that's you don't feel pressured to do more yeah. Like, don't of like just do the amount that you enjoy. And it can fluctuate. Some weeks you need a week off. Mm. Some weeks you can go do five days. So just do it and don't don't ever allow team members to make you feel bad about, about having time off or, where have oh, you yeah. been? Where, where have you been? Like, yeah, because I have a that. life. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, well, like, um, going back to what we were talking about at the beginning with the, the girls who were worried about what they were doing in class and like whether they were wasting people's time and stuff um my response to them was like i've had to change my jiu-jitsu so much because of the injuries that i've sustained recently mm-hmm. so like i've been setting myself smaller goals and i've been trying not to put as much pressure on myself um to do everything because like especially if you're coming back from an injury and stuff there's the temptation to go back and still be able to do everything you used to. It's like, no, like I've been out for six weeks. Or actually it's probably been a bit longer than that, about eight weeks now. So I'm tired so quickly and I don't have the same range of motion in my lower back and in my leg. And like, I have to adapt to this new way of living. And like, if I'm putting the pressure on myself to attack and defend as I was previously, I'm only going to end up disappointed because I know I'm not going to be able to do that. So now, like, at the outset of this week, my goal was attend both classes, Tuesday and Thursday. And, like, that was it. I didn't go to those classes going, I'm going to do this, this and this. I literally went to those classes so I could do those classes. That was it. Um, I didn't care if people were passing my guard, if people were, like, throwing me around, submitting me left, right and centre. Like... 
it didn't matter to me because I was on the mats. Like, yeah, you'd already achieved yeah. your goal of just getting there. Yeah, I would have achieved my goal if I'd gone there and just sat out for the night and just watched. Yeah, because you still learn. Yeah, so like now I just need to keep it up. And it's like as soon as you stop putting the pressure on yourself, the more you can actually enjoy what's happening. Mm-hmm. And like that's when. I've found that I've started to be able to expand that sphere of influence that jiu-jitsu has where like I can live in the moment a bit more because even when I'm not sparring I'm actually just enjoying doing rather than like wondering oh am I going to be able to hit this this and this whilst I'm sparring against this this and this person and doing this this and this and it's like I don't know I had like a proper white belt moment on there I think it was uh, Thursday, where like uh, in our King of the Hill sessions, like our black belt came on, and like what were we doing? I think we were doing something from closed guard, and like you know when you're a white belt and you're doing something, and your mind just goes completely blank, and you're like, how do I jujitsu? How do I do anything? And like uh, I had Stuart in my, my closed guard, and I grabbed his wrist and I pulled it to the side, and then I got like. Uh, my arm, my hand to his arm, opposite armpit, and then I just went blank. I was like, "Shit! Like, how am I supposed to think?" Like, he was getting his arm back, and he was doing all this, and then, like, he let me finish something. He's like, "Oh yeah, well done, Chloe." And I was like, "I don't know what happened. <laughs> I promise, I'm gooder than this." <laughs> gooder. That's the, that's, the, that's the worst thing out of all of that. Well, I know. I was saying it <laughs> because I'm stupid. Like, oh my god, my jiu-jitsu should be better than this. But like, this is another thing that I said to the white belts yesterday. They're like, oh, I get to like strong positions, and then I just stall. And it's like, I have no clue. Yeah, but like, if you're running with a purple belt and you're a white belt, and you get to mount, and they they let you get to mount, and you don't know what to do. There's literally nothing wrong with saying how would you, how would you finish from here, because like that person on the bottom is not gonna be like, oh, why, why am I doing like they're gonna go oh like, put your hand in the collar like attack this arm do this mm. this and this and they'll they'll walk you through a finish, like the whole point of sparring is getting a better understanding of applying techniques live, and yeah. like. The, the most difficult thing at white belt is you spend so long defending that you don't actually get to attack mm-hmm. very often. And like that doesn't really come until like you start to get to the end of white belt beginning with blue. And it's like the only way you're going to develop that muscle memory and that knowledge is by asking questions and actually doing it. Otherwise, like you're just going to potter through, <laughs> get bucked off all the time. <laughs> Just have fun. That's my main thing. That's main it. motto, main everything. Just have fun. That sounds like a good thing to end on. Just. Just have fun. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to beat her up now. Don't beat me up. Um, yeah, hour and a half. That's not bad. It means I might be able to get home and have a decent night's sleep. But I doubt it. I've got to finish a presentation for tomorrow and wash my hair for work. In your it face. It stinks of smoke. Love it. Not that I smoke. I was in the smoking area, sat with friends, and now my hair's just 
beautiful how old all the smells beautiful mm. it sounds lovely and my housemates um text me and do you want to know what's been said why is there no chocolate in this godforsaken hellhole of a house <laughs> so i've said i'll buy some on the way back love it right well i think that's it thank you very much love for you. listening i love you i meant to our <laughs> listeners sorry right, that's well fuck me that's <laughs> i have right thank you very much for listening and uh we'll see you again next next time next week yes. maybe who knows next week next week okay, next week. okay. See you then. love you bye love you bye love you, you hang up love you bye you hang up